You're listening to The Authenticity Show, where you get to eavesdrop on great conversations about health, creativity, and the quest for excellence. Your hosts are Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. We're calling this episode The Tao of Jazz, and it was recorded live at HeartSpace OC in Irvine, California. We were lucky enough to have the jazz band Redshift come play for us and talk to us in between their sets. This was a really fun night, and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome to a very special night, a night where we get to play, we get to explore conversation, improvisation, and music. Satch, good evening. Good evening, Carlos. Um, So uh, in this episode, uh, we are exploring the Tao of jazz. Mm -hmm. And so the idea is that um, jazz is structured improvisation, isn't it? It is. And so is life. It is. And uh, what a what a beautiful combination of uh, of, of fun and play. Um, so um, why don't we start with uh, making some introductions? Absolutely. So put your hands together for Redshift Band. <laughs> yes. We've got Stu Goodies on guitar. Yes. Tyler Walton on bass. Oh, drums. drums. Excuse me. Tyler on drums. My bad. <laughs> Tyler Walton on drums. <laughs> All right. There we go. Martin Torres on bass. There we go. There he is. And Danny Hoffman on sax. Mm-hmm. I'm Carlos Casados, and this is Satch Purcell with the Authenticity Show. We're going to do something that we haven't done before tonight. So you guys are all part of this wonderful experiment. Tonight there will be three sets of music and interspersed with that will be some conversation and some exploration about what is jazz and what is improvisation and so many other things. So we're looking forward to that. Um, We'll be exploring some of the relevant ideas and philosophical concepts around jazz and about Uh, in particular related to improvisation generally. So tonight is titled The Tao of Jazz, Life as Structured Improvisation. Uh, So the uh, the way this evening is going to go is the band is going to do three sets. And um, we'll be doing something uh, leading into each set. And then between sets, we'll be interviewing some of the members and, uh, and also Carlos and I will be throwing in some, uh, some fun, creative things. Uh, so stay tuned for those. Um, and right now, what we're going to start off with is Carlos is going to take everybody through a very short jazz appreciation session as the first set kicks off. So we're not sure if you're aware of this or not, but in jazz, the bass player keeps the time and is the root of the structure. Bass and drums create a foundation of rhythm that allows the other players to improvise, but there is another form of improvisation that also occurs for the bass and drums, so keep your ears peeled for that. Ultimately, the entire band is keeping time together as a unit, and there is an unspoken communication between the players which makes the whole thing spontaneous within the patterns. 
That's one of the most exciting things about the Tao of Jazz.
my name is Danny, and I like to talk a little bit in between the, our, our songs, too. Um, so does Stu, so Stu grab the mic. That was called uh, Red. It's written by Stu, and uh, we, we do all the original material. That's, that's our sort of modus operandi here. This next one is also a feature, a drum feature. <laughs> and you don't hear this much. You, hear a, you don't hear a drummer taking a, taking a solo on a ballad, so this is going to be this is something unique that we do. Uh, written by Martin Torres. Gentrification.
Wow. <laughs> Fantastic. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. Please, uh, Martin and Tyler, come on on it. Come on down. We'd love to talk with you. All right. So I got a question for either one of you. Okay. Sure. How the heck do you plan for improvisation? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you, want, you want to take this one, Martin? Sure. Um, you, you you learn as much as you can on your instrument, and you know you learn what structures go best with what chords, what scales go best with what you're playing, and you try to create something beautiful. And that's that's my approach. You know, other people have different ways of doing it. That's that's my way. You know. Yeah, I think a lot of times when people see a, a jazz ensemble, and maybe they're not jazz musicians, um, you know, they think everyone it's just you know voodoo magic, we're all just sort of like telepathically communicating. But there's a lot of structure to what's going on, right? You know, every tune has a melody, ideally, um, and then you're improvising over that melody. So um, you know, there's things that you can do to learn how to improvise. You just start by learning all the chords, and you learn all the notes of those chords, and then you can play those notes. You're going to sound like you know what you're doing in that song. Um, but for me, a big thing is just listening to a ton of jazz music. That helps. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, just constantly, great. constantly listening, especially when I was first learning it, you know, just getting a hold of every record I could and, and um, listening to how drummers soloed and how they played underneath the soloist and other instruments, listening to how they improvised. So when you hear it happening by the masters and you try to do it, it doesn't sound very good, but. That's the process of getting better is trying to make it sound like those guys. And then eventually you find your own voice. You know, you go, oh, I, you know, I, I want to sound like Jack B. Jeanette, but filtered through Tyler Walton. And that kind of, you know, it just happens that way. You know, by wow. trying to emulate the masters, yeah. So do you, do you two sort of have to become someone else in a way in order to find yourself as a musician? Maybe uh, at first. When I was, first when I first started playing, I was... I was really into Mingus, and it, it basically, that's what I sounded like. I sounded like Charles Mingus, which is great, but I sounded a lot like Charles Mingus, huh. and I didn't have my own identity as a, as a bassist, you know, so I started listening to Scott LaFaro, and that ruined me for another two or three years, <laughs> because I started sounding like Scott LaFaro, and then when I heard Light as a Feather, Return to Forever, Chick Corea, mm -hmm. that wrecked me, because I heard... Uh, Stanley Clark. And so I started trying to incorporate all of this and somewhere along the way, talking with musicians like Stu and Danny and Tyler and just other musicians, you have to try to find your own, like who yeah. you are, your own identity as a, as a instrumentalist, as a composer, as an instructor, you know, you have to try to find who you are in all those areas to, to, to basically be Create something honest, mm -hmm. you know. At least for me, that's. Yeah. Uh, dare dare we say authentic? Yeah, authentic. Exactly. Right? That's yeah, exactly yeah. the the point for me, which prevents me from working a lot more than I could. I think. I was gonna say. I was gonna say something <laughs> well, about that. That when you, so far. <laughs> so far. I when mean, you first start out, uh, a lot of times, especially if you go through music school, teachers say, "Well, if you want to work, if you want to get called for gigs." you have to play drums like Philly Joe Jones, right? Because yeah. that's what everyone wants to hear. You just keep time. And, you know, so I learned everything I could about Philly Joe Jones, and then you realize, well, 
maybe I don't want to sound like that for the rest of my life. You know, maybe it's okay if I don't get called for every gig in town and I want to sound like me, you know, but by trying to emulate those players, you become a lot better. I mean, that's like an essential process you have to go yeah. through. But eventually, eventually you have to figure out who, what you want to sound like and whether that happens at age 30 or age 50 or, you know, some players are just like that from the very start. I don't care about, you know, sounding like anybody else. I'm just going to be me. Uh, and as Martin said, sometimes you don't get called as much if you're like that because people go, whoa, this guy's such a strong kind of personality on the instrument. You know, we don't know what to, what to do with that. And, you know, if you're doing like a, a casual, the jazz musicians call, you know, certain gigs casuals. If you get called to do a wedding, um, corporate event or like a party, you know, people want jazz music. Um, and sometimes if you have a player who's a very strong personality on their instrument. Zane Musso is like that. Yeah, people that just go for it no matter where they are. You know, I am who I am and it doesn't matter that... Blow your chops. Yeah, and so it's a weird balance. you got to try to be like, well, I want to work. I want to put food on the table. I want to be a musician and not have to work at Blockbuster or something you know, to support, <laughs> which is nothing wrong with that. They're out of business. But, um, you know, it, it, it's a weird thing that we go through. Of like, I want to sound like myself, but I also want to fit into like the situation. You also want to make a living. Yeah. Right. That's like the big struggle with artists of any, I think, no matter what you do. But then presumably after a while, um, everybody wants to sound like you, right? (laughs) Well, I mean, I don't know anyone that wants to sound like me. Well, I think what you guys do is, is not only really unique, but it's, it's compelling and beautiful. It really is. I mean, don't you think guys, I mean, wow, seriously. Well, this this group is is perfect for for me, you know, because it's. I don't know that there's any piece of music that I could bring in that the guys wouldn't be cool with doing, and if it doesn't quite work, we'll figure out a way to make it work. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's, I call it the safest band I've ever played in because everyone's can really play, and everyone is very cool, even though we have completely different aesthetics. Mm. A lot of the times, I mean, our tunes sound completely different from one another, but we all have the same goal, and it's just to create something beautiful and and to be authentic. To, right. Yeah. Well, know. that safety creates uh, opportunity for you to really be creative, like you yeah, say. Absolutely. Um, it's a safe zone. I feel like uh, I have that with my my buddy right yeah, here. You know, absolutely. when we do a show, yeah. and it's it's similar. We kind of riff off of each other, and we have a theme that we play with a yeah. lot. Um, I remember uh, first being exposed to jazz and really not knowing how to appreciate it really. It was, it was almost like I didn't know how to relax into what I was hearing. Mm-hmm. And after a while it became, you know, a favorite of mine to, to hear because, um, it's like the mind starts to hear patterns within the patterns and starts to make connection. But what I really, really love is not just that, but it's that surprise, mm-hmm. like that boom where uh, there, there's a few moments where uh, I just, I get sucked into the pattern. It's beautiful. It's entrancing. And then suddenly something surprising happens. And what is that? Tell, tell us, what, what is that thing that comes in? Life is all about contrast, right? Okay. That's what makes it interesting. Mm-hmm. We stay that, we keep doing that thing for 10 minutes. It's going to be like, okay, we get it. Yeah, do something mm-hmm. else. Yeah. yeah, that's, and that's really the, the challenge and the kind of exciting part to have something that's structured like a song and then to make that happen. And, how does it happen? I, I don't always know. Mm-hmm. It's like it's a, sometimes you have an idea and you start to play it, and then everyone else in the band hears what you're doing, they understand it, and mm-hmm. and then it happens collectively. And it's with this group, it happens quite a bit 
because it's like I said, it's a, it's a safe environment for everybody, and I feel comfortable doing whatever I want in this group. I mean, there are limits. I'm not going to do anything like super crazy, like streaking across the stage. Or exactly. Something like that. Mm. I'm not going to do anything like that. But in terms of of what I do on my instrument, I feel that whatever I did or whatever I do, the guys are going to support it and they're going to hear it and they're going to understand what I'm doing. What a great feeling. That's, that's, it's that's great. amazing. It, yeah. it yeah. is really yeah. great. And it's really, I hear a lot of groups that like Kneebody, those guys have been playing together so long, they know each other. It's like telepathy. Tel, tel, telepathy. Telepathy. Mm -hmm. They have so many. I read your mind. Cues <laughs> right there. <laughs> They have so many musical cues that they can just play a musical cue and then move on to an entirely different section of the song. They have different cues for different sections. And to hear groups at that level, that's really inspiring to me. And it just really, I love watching people. I don't care what it is. I, I was watching Olympic curling. Excellence. Because they were great. Yeah. They, they were moving this yeah. stupid brick down this <laughs> and this one person made this shot and it was incredible yeah and i thought you know just people being excellent at something i'll watch it doesn't matter what it is yeah you know i i um often say that well, when somebody asks me what kind of music i like mm -hmm. my typical response is gosh you know i like anybody who is a master at what they do mm -hmm. that's what makes me like it yeah. right and uh, i i mean it's like what you're talking about with curling. You know, if somebody has a certain amount of mastery over their craft, there's something more compelling about it Absolutely. that draws you in. Tonight, in that first set, I really enjoyed some mastery. It was it was really beautiful. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. yeah. And and um, uh, you know, Martin, um, you're a pretty chill kind of guy, nice layback personality. Your fingers are not. <laughs> Your fingers are just all over. It's like you're playing the piano or something. They're, they're just all up and down. Uh, it's, it's, it, yet it seems kind of serene at the same time. Uh, that's, I hope. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I, I don't feel like I'm laboring too much, you know. And that's, it, it, should, it should look that way. It should, that's, um, well, thank you. Just yeah, thank and, you. and you have an awesome shirt, too, by the way. Oh, I love <laughs> shirt. Yeah. I Impressive. Sure. I wasn't sure if I should I like wear it. Or Good choice. <laughs> Good choice. Good choice. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But thank you. Thank you yeah. very much. Yeah, I have an obsession the last couple of years of reading books about people um, who are excellent at what they do. And so, like, a couple of books I like are um, The Inner Game of Tennis, mm -hmm. where it talks about getting the, the conscious brain out of the way of the subconscious brain. Flow states. So you can just yeah. create without, you know, what is this person thinking of me? Oh, this guy just walked into the club. Oh, my God, you know. Um, you know, can't believe this person said this thing to me this morning. All these things on stage... You're trying to get out of your head. Yeah. And those are the things that cause you to make mistakes or not be able to focus. And um, Zen and the Art of Archery is another book, mm -hmm. basically the same concept. Mm -hmm. um, and then Kenny Werner, who's a really acclaimed jazz piano player from New York, has a book called Effortless Mastery. And I know a lot of people who aren't musicians read that book because it has chants uh, that you can do in it and sort of just a way to get, you know, just get rid of all the BS when you play, all the things you're thinking about that have nothing to do with creating art. And a lot of people hit these blocks, you know, and I was doing that for a long time, you know, practice all day, go to the gig, you know, why do I still not, you know, sound the way I want to sound or sound good, you know, quote unquote. Um, so I've been reading these books just about like, you know, people like athletes, musicians that constantly perform at an extremely high level in, you know, really high pressure situations. 
and how they're able to get to that you know constantly and, and it's just a real fascinating subject to me it is i don't think i've done it yet but i'm trying <laughs> well i was just going to ask you i mean do you guys feel like like when you're playing there's certain points at which uh your individuality kind of becomes uh like conjoined with each other like there, there's a there's a moment of flow like you, you yeah. would you call yeah. that a flow state yeah you we try into? for that that's like the goal yeah that's the goal i think right yeah there, there are some times when i when we play, when this group plays, and I, a couple other groups that I play in, I play with this guy, this saxophone, Todd Richardson. And he does a lot of, what's, how would you describe it, like a Pharaoh Sanders, Coltrane type of stuff, mm -hmm. where it's really just open. And and this group as well, when... Just kind of like stream of consciousness kind of thing? Yeah, well, for me it is. I don't uh -huh. know what the other guys experience, but it's... Like we're like one person, you know what I mean? And it's it's really interesting. When that happens, I can just listen to the band like an audience member. Mm. Then I listen to my part, and I think, well, I needs to do more of this, and then mm. it happens. So I'm not really even even thinking about what I'm doing. You know what I mean? It's yeah. weird. It doesn't always happen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what you're going for. That's what you're mm. always but, striving to but do. But it's yeah. it it does it it, it does happen more frequently now than it, than it has before. Does jazz and this, uh, this seeking of excellence, does this help you to understand other things better besides oh, music? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think Mainly conversations with people. So, you know, I think a lot of people listen to respond rather than listen to understand. Mm -hmm. And you've been in a conversation like this where, you know, you can tell the person's not listening to what you're saying and they're just waiting to get to interject, you know, like, okay, uh-huh, yeah, but I want, you know, and that, that's fine. We all have done that. But in jazz, you know, you have to listen to the soloist and support the soloist, right? So if Stu is soloing on guitar, I'm keeping time with Martin, but I also have to pay very, very close attention to what Stu is trying to say, right? Stu's trying to tell me something with his instrument, how his day went, how he's feeling, you know? Um, and if I'm just checked out, you know, that's not a very interesting conversation to have with someone, right? Right. Yeah, and so I think that there's a huge parallel to jazz music and just how you talk to people. And I'm always thinking about that. If I have a conversation with Martin and he's telling me something about, you know, uh, hey, I'm going to take this new teaching job, what do you think? You know, I'm really trying to think, okay, am I talking over him? Am I interrupting him constantly? Or am I, like, supporting him? And then, then it's my turn to talk, right? So, you know, it's just kind of like a, a give and take kind of thing. And that's great. It, absolutely how you talk to people. It's the same way in jazz. Active listening. Huh? Yeah, Active listening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the key. That's, that's yeah. And some players do that and some players don't do that. And they still work. And, you know, other, you know, drum, some drummers, you know, that I love aren't, you know, all that big into like the listening thing. It's more like I'm just supporting this person. You know, I'm keeping time as best as I, as best I can. Other drummers, it's just like, wow, like them and the soloist are like one entity. And you know, it's almost like the drummer's soloing with the soloist. That's really hard to do yeah. without getting fired or sounding like you're just, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. indulging too much on the soloist. That's a fine line. I played a, a gig with, with the drummer. Stu and I played a gig with the drummer who is a, a, one of the best drummers in Orange County. He's like toured and been on recordings. And we were sitting there like this. And we said, uh, we called the tune. Alice in Wonderland. Okay. Hey. Played the crap out of it. He sounded great, but he was looked bored the entire time. <laughs> and it was a Probably drag. Was. <laughs> it, it was a drag, you know. Mm. Sounded great. If you didn't look at him, 
it was cool. <laughs> but you look over there, it's, and he's nailing everything. <laughs> he was phoning it in. <laughs> he was phoning it in. He sounded great. But, you know, who cares? So if you were to talk to someone, my wife tells me I do this sometimes where I'll have like stock responses if I'm not listening to her. I'll go like, oh, that's crazy. Moment of revelation. Oh, that's interesting. And I really try not to do that. I'm like, wow, I'm really sorry. You know, trying, you know. Thank you for your vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, you've been in a conversation with that, like with someone who's just not interested in what you have to say. It's just not a very good feeling. And so. You have to try to not have that happen when you play music. Yeah, or, yeah. Or we won't tell anybody. You know, this isn't airing, right? I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, play, I forget who I was playing with, but someone, we were at a, a place where they were making coffee, and the coffee grinder was going on, and mm. someone was pounding out like an espresso. And they put that into their solo. Nice. And th- that taught me that, you know, there's all these distractions going on, but they don't have to be distractions. You, Someone dropped something at one point, and he incorporated that into his soul. Mm. It, was, it was just wow. like a huge, a really valuable lesson, you know. And one of my teachers told me to go for, part of my lesson was to go for a walk three times a week. <laughs> I think he just wanted to get me out of the house. <laughs> and my objective was to listen, right? Just to listen as I'm walking. And I call him, he was in Portland. We had like lessons over the phone. And he says, you know, what'd you learn with the walking stuff? And I was like, well, you know, it's the second you start to listen to something, it's, it's no longer noise. It, you organize it in a way where it, it becomes music. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you apply a meter to it, you apply some kind of structure to it, and it, you are an active listener to your surroundings. Yeah. And the pace with which you walk affects how you hear it, what meter you hear it in, what kind of feel it is. It's it's really I had not considered that at all. Was that was, the, the professor that asked you what musical pitch that squirrel's tail would be? No, it was a different one. I was gonna say, was his name Yoda by any chance? <laughs> uh, Just curious. It's really phenomenal basis. Like, crazy well, good. that is an incredible lesson right there, a deep insight, and um, I think it's really perfect for the theme of this evening. So, um, great. Well, guys, I think we'll we'll. Uh, Wrap this part up. Excellent. Yeah, we're gonna thanks so much. Let you guys get ready thank for the you. next set. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah. Thank awesome. You. All right. Yeah. Uh, so, um, while, while, while the band's kind of uh, freshening up and getting ready, um, I have a little activity planned that I'm sort of uh, I, I, I'm going to create a structured improvisation opportunity for my partner Carlos here. Okay. So, uh, so Carlos, the way this is going to work is, and, and, and you have what I have, okay? So, uh, so what we've got here, we're going we're to play a structured language improvisation game. And so what I did is I came up with six categories. I love games. Okay. Yeah, this, this is a good one. So, so I've got six categories for you. Okay. Right. Now, the way this works is each category is going to be a set of things that are commonly identifiable structures in human life. And as I read okay. each category, uh, you and the audience members will recognize that these are things that we structure our life by. Okay? So I am representing structure. Carlos is going to represent improvisation. Okay? So I'm going to read a list of structured items, and then his job is to improvise a response to my structure. Does that make sense? Okay? Should, should we? Let's, 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 let's first one's going to be kind of an experiment. Okay? So yeah. here we go. 
All right, number one, alarm clocks, beds, sheets, blankets, shaving, grooming, shirts, and ties. Rising to meet my day and prepping to shine my best. Oh, very good. I think you're, you're on to me. Very good. Okay, that's the idea. All right, okay. Let's try it again. Okay. Keys, cars, driveways, streets and freeways and lights and stop signs, exits, and parking spaces. Noticing amidst the hustle and bustle opportunities to see red lights as rubies and headlights as diamonds. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Okay, nice. Okay, <laughs> nice. Great. Okay, ready for the next one? Okay. Time cards, emails, 15-minute breaks, meetings, deadlines, and annual reviews. It's all about the rhythm, transforming, living, to meet a result. Nice. Well done. Well done again. Okay, here we go. Uh, we're, 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 we're almost done here. We've got uh, the next one, which is New Year's, 4th of July, Memorial Day, birthdays, Thanksgiving and Christmas. Family and friends make it all worth it. Because it's a feast of friends. Oh, nice done. Nice done. Nice, nice done. done, by the way. Nice done. Nice done. We're gonna we're gonna that's a new thing now. Nice done. <laughs> okay, next one. Think deeply about this one. Conception. Birth. Crawling, walking, working, retiring, volunteering, limping, loss, and death. Discovering, transforming, becoming, letting go because life is about giving. Ooh, beautiful. Very nice. Very, very nice. Okay. I like it. Okay. Last one. Silence. Big bang. Expansion. Formation. Existence. Evolution. Dissolution. Contraction. Silence. Yes. <laughs> nice. Okay. Yes. Very good. Let's give the man a hand. Yeah. Nicely Thank done. You. Nicely Thank done. You. Structured improvisation. Nice done. Nice, nice done. Nice done. Right. You too, Satch. Nice done. This is a bit of an up-tempo tune that Stu wrote. It's called Yo Bones. It's a different kind of feel on this one.
that a lot of music is written about our feelings and our response to life. And uh, this one um, was written in response to a tragedy that happened in our life and uh, goes pretty deep for us. So uh, we're going to make this one the last one of the set, and then we're going to go back to do some more uh, talking over there.
Wow. Danny and Stu, could we have you guys over here? I think we need to hear from you too. You're in trouble. You gotta come to the principal's office. What a piece that was, right? I mean, emotionally intense, cacophony, wow. Uh, it was hard to even clap because I was just so hit in the chest with the feeling behind that. Yeah. Waiting to exhale. Yeah. I think certain uh, certain pieces, you know, certain moods, <clears throat> um, you know, some, some things call for more freer improvisation than and others which call for more structured improvisation. And so this was one of those instances, that last song, that was uh, just basically free improvisation. Mm. Of course, there's a whole, you could have a whole discussion about what free improvisation really is, but in essence, that's what, what we might call it. Mm. It seems like when I hear something like that, I mean, it, you can't always listen to music like that, can you? It's like the, the mood has to be right. To really appreciate it. Yes. And I think some people can never listen to music. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it demands more of you, right? When when there's more of that cacophony and more of that improvisation, I think it demands more of something uh, to the listener, I think. I think it helps to be in the room with the musicians while mm. they're playing it. There's probably yeah. a visual, and you kind of lead them to that point through other music. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah great point. Not as easy on the stereo system. Although it, it depends on your personality, you know. <laughs> we used to play with a saxophone player, you know, who would go, he'd go to, you know, he'd go to sleep and take a nap listening to those kind of stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Wow. It was a, yeah, it was a, he was a very interesting pers dreams. person. <laughs> <laughs> wonder what wow. kind of dreams he had. Oh, yeah, wow. Um, so if, if the bass and the drums sort of set the structure, and of course they improvise. You guys do a lot of improvising, right? I mean, is, 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 is this true? Of, of, Absolutely. Yeah, okay. And um, I mean, I know you love this. How much pressure is that? I mean, is it a lot of pressure to be up there with a six-stringed instrument and be doing all that imp improvising? To me, it, it remember, scares me to death. I remember yeah. <laughs> when it was before I figured out how to have fun. Playing. You when figured out how to have fun. Yeah, yeah, I think uh, you reach a point where the, the the technique and the learning is not really uh, overwhelming, and you let go of that, and and you're ready to play. Mm, wow, it's sort of a metaphor for life, I think, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> you practice and you practice and you practice. Um, yeah, and you learn by doing. I think you know, as as is normally had kind of. Have to throw yourself into situations, you know. That's what when when you're a young musician, that's the first thing that I usually tell you is, go out and just go play, go go to jam sessions, go and get out there and just you know, cut your teeth, so to speak. And it's rough. <laughs> it's a rough uh, business and it's a rough scene sometimes, you know, because the honesty of the audience can be pretty brutal. <laughs> well, play versus work. You guys work by playing, right? But then sometimes you're playing for your own, just for your own enjoyment, not necessarily for uh, financial 
appreciation, although it's always appreciated, right? <laughs> By the way, the CDs are for sale. <laughs> but no, no, but your work and you play and you play to work. I mean, how do you understand that within your own practice? I mean, this, this is your life. This is what you do. It's who you are to a large extent. Well, it comes back when you get back to the, that act of improvising. I don't think there is a difference. It's, you mm -hmm. have to let go of the fact that, you know, you're, uh, someone's paying you to be there or people are listening in a certain way because mm. that's just a, an obstacle to to find what you're hearing find it on your instrument i was just thinking of an analogy to sports let's say i mean you you work and work you train you know you work your ass off to get better and get fit and but when it comes to time to get out on the field or do something <clears throat> you I mean, there's a certain amount of enjoyment and just, I don't know, maybe just adrenaline that you get out of it once you're on the field, even as an amateur, let's say. I mean, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, so it's like, you know, you, you go up and play the game, but it's, yeah, you're, you're working hard playing. You're playing hard. Yeah, you're playing hard. <laughs> right. Yeah, because it's interesting. Uh, it's, it's worth noting, I think Alan Watts said this, that, um, you know, you, or I'm alluding to him, is that um, you call it playing the sax or playing the guitar. You don't call it working the sax or working the guitar. I mean, you could, right? right. But, um, you know, is the secret that maybe everything really is play? No. 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 Interesting. The, yeah. the preparation is the work. The preparation is the work. And yeah. what you're seeing is the 10,000 hours that led up to today. Yeah. Flow state. So that was right. the Again. Yeah. Now time to play. Time to play. That's great. Because what I mean, essentially, what what people want to hear when they when they listen to you, I think, or when you know, anytime you look at art, uh, is they want to see you do perform with ease, you know, and and um, bring you know bring out your feelings and and all this this thing that ex that's expected in a in a show or in a concert, and uh, you know, of course, there's different types of shows and concerts and so on, but they want to. They don't want to see you working out there. If you if you see a musician working on stage, you, you know it's it's kind of a letdown, you know, because <laughs> it's like um, you know and other other things. So part of it is I think the performance aspect of it and that the fact that you're doing it in front of other people, you know, that blurs the lines between play and and work, and you have to seem like you're playing. <laughs> and um, yeah. Leading versus following. Um, how does that work? I mean, you guys are improvisational in, in the sense of what you're doing, and it almost right. seems like you're leading, but in a, in a way you have to follow in order to lead, right? Yeah. I, I, there are times when I'm leading and Danny's following me, and it changes, goes back and forth. And then there are times when we're kind of doing it at the same time. You know, we're, we're, we're jockeying one another, let's say. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's changing constantly throughout. For sure. And, and does that surprise you sometimes? Like, do you sometimes go, oh, whoa, it's time for him to lead? And, and you know, uh, or, or is it something that you sort of expect is coming? Some of it is planned because the there's structure, like Tyler was talking about earlier. There's structure to the music, even when it sounds like there may not be. So there is some structure. But within that, there's an amount of surprise that occurs. And in every song, I'll hear Danny play something that I hadn't heard him do before, and it'll change how I'm playing, and I'll hopefully make him do more of that by changing what I'm doing. 
Mm. So it, it multiplies. That must keep it interesting for you too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's, uh, it's kind of like we were talking about, um, I think the other day, um, you know, when, when you have a conversation like in words, like you guys do on your show, it, it, you know, you, you start getting into a topic and, and you, and you're kind of riffing off of each other and you're exchanging ideas and you, and, and you get deeper and deeper into a subject and into the meaning of, of what you're talking about and so on. And, you know, that's kind of analogous, analogous to, um, to music when, when you start improvising like this. Uh, you know, in these tunes, you always have a structure. You usually in jazz, you have you know, you play the melody and then you start improvising on a on a structure that's related to the melody in some way. Um, but you start exchanging ideas, and um, you know, yet sometimes you're surprised like by what somebody does, and sometimes you're like, oh, you know, that's just what I was thinking, and you you can you know lay on top of it and, and bring it together, and and I think that you know that is. Um, it increases the meaning of, of, of music when, when you start getting to that point. And then the hope for us is always that the audience will, you know, listen long enough to catch that and to, to start understanding that. Um, and jazz is, is, is kind of more demanding music as far as listening goes. You know, you're not just dancing, you're not just sitting around working on something. I mean, you can listen to jazz doing that, but if you really want to get down into the essence and, and, and the meaning of, of, of what we're doing, you really kind of have to sit and listen. And so it becomes an, a meditative act. I mean, in the old days, you know, my folks or their friends, they would sit and listen to a record and, you know, just listen and then turn it over and listen to the second side. Yeah, I remember doing that. <laughs> right? the and these a lot. days it just seems, you know, you, you, it's hard to keep people's attention for more than a few minutes before they pick up their phone or like talking to somebody or <laughs> it's one of my favorite memories is hanging out with with Oliver back in the day because uh, um, we used to live in the same house uh, in a duplex and we would get together get some tea uh, light some candles and just put on a really long album and just lay down on the floor and just kind of stare up in the ceiling or close our eyes and just let the music do what it did you know just just have the experience and it was so cool to just yeah. be quiet and listen together because only that that's that's only uh, you know only then as a listener uh, do you really get into hearing all the details of the music and and you know why does that that sax and that trumpet sound so good together or you know there's one spot in our UCD where you know Stu was like uh, no I mean I, I played a I played a line and then Martin picked right up on it and he 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 played it back to me and I and I had for some reason decided to repeat it. And so we play the same line, improvise at the same time. And and Stu was like, "Did you did you guys plan that out?" <laughs> and it was not. It just you know it happens. It's way. like a volley. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. It's like you're 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 tossing balls back to each other yeah. or something. Yeah. And I think that's a good analogy, you know, to life too, as far as you know what we're trying to talk about overall. And and tonight is, um, you know, you really if you really want to get the most out of life and create meaning you like Tyler was saying before you know you really want to actively listen listen learn to listen and add to the conversation not override the conversation mm. you know or or in your life you want to actively try to create um, your life rather than just live reactively all the time you know we, we talk about that as far as when, when we talk about NLP and so on right you know if you keep living reactively, you're 
not going to get to what you where you want to go, what you want you right. know, to live proactively. In. Well, there's a, what you want. there's a theme. I mean, conversation, which is we're having now, a conversation of as music, life, listening. I mean, these themes keep coming up tonight. Um, in a regular conversation, you often mind read what the other person's saying. You know, you don't really know what they're saying, but they're they're using words that are abstractions or nominalizations or uh, words that that are being they're they're really verbs. They're 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 ways of being, but they're being spoken of as if, as if they're things. They're nouns. You know, love. I have love. Well, you can't have love, but you can feel love. You can practice love. You can do love. Uh, so we do this a lot in conversation, and it seems like conversations wouldn't flow very well if we couldn't intuit each other's meanings to some degree. And you guys as musicians are doing that a lot, right? I mean, you guys are intuiting each other's meaning. It's not always perfectly sketched out. You guys explore within those uh, sure. nominalizations, I guess, right? And, and the music is arranged by design to leave place for that. So it leaves room. There's, there's holes left intentionally. Mm. There's spaces left in the music, so we could figure out in that moment what's going to fill that space. Is that kind of unique to jazz? Um, or more so? You see it in other kinds of music, but not music that's um, meant to be understood instantly, mm. like something on the radio. It's, it, it takes a little bit more um, commitment to listening, mm -hmm. to want to follow that and, and hear the surprise in it. And that, that's what we're looking for, is something spontaneous that we didn't expect that hopefully leads to the next thing. And that's the, what is that next thing going to be, that next measure or the next minute in the music? Interesting. So, so my, my last question here. Um, so within those holes, uh, it sounds like, well, sort of like in life, um, sometimes it's okay to take a risk. Sometimes a risk is too big. Um, what might you have to share about risk taking within within this structure? Well, some of the tunes that we play are <laughs> unorthodox, so that in itself is a risk. You know, we'll, in, in fact, we were playing a few weeks ago, and we finished one of the songs that was not very different from maybe the last one that we did. And I thank the audience for indulging, allowing us to indulge ourselves and sit there and listen to us play this music that. We were playing for ourselves, essentially, and hopefully the audience was appreciated at the, you know, anywhere near the level that we were enjoying ourselves would have been great. So That's so ironic because uh, I see you guys as just these amazing experts and you're thanking us for listening to Mastery performing in front of us. I mean, you know, that's amazing that you guys are that humble, but it's, just, it's beautiful too, but shocking to hear. <laughs> we should be thanking you. Well, <laughs> I think we, uh, we we should we need all, all need to be grateful <laughs> when any whenever anybody listens to us because uh, like you know we've been talking about this the listening is is um, is the first step really to any kind of communication <laughs> you know and uh, there's a great book called uh, Nada Brahma which is the world is sound and in it uh, the author uh, Joachim Berian he's a German <clears throat> he makes the point one of the points he makes is that our oral sense is a sense that um, is re receptive of everything. It's compared to our eyes. Our eyes, if we train each other, we can, you know, learn to kind of see. But our eyes are are designed to focus in on one thing. So our eyes, in a sense, are uh, designed to separate out. 
to find things. Notice pattern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Notice things outside of, you know, that, that, that stand out or just to focus in on things. Whereas your ears are more like um, cups, you know, that just catch everything. And then your brain has to you know, sort through it. Mm. So his point was not a, the world is sound, that the more we listen, the more we're going to be able to get along and, and make things better and, and work together. Wonderful. Mm. It's been great to listen to all of you. And yeah. uh, in particular right now, it's great to listen to you both express yourselves. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, you too. Yeah. All right. Thanks so I enjoyed listening to your show, too. Uh, yeah. Listen to each and every one of your the podcasts. Oh, thank awesome. you. And thank I recommend you. them to everybody. All right. <laughs> thank you for listening to us. Yeah. Thanks. All right. Sweet. Yeah. All right. We'll let you get ready for the last set. Huh? So you're going to do a little, get a little bit more. Yeah. All right, everybody. So as uh, as the band's uh, getting ready for their, their last set here, um, uh, I am going to, to to share a Zen parable. And uh, this this parable is sort of the ultimate parable about the power of paying attention to the present moment, which is really perfect for uh, for the theme of tonight. And uh, um, you know, there, there's a wonderful uh, blogger uh, Gary McGee who uh, said some things about this particular Zen parable that I'm about to read. And uh, I just want to point out what what he said about this is this: the paradox is, how do we find joy? or even happiness, when caught between the rock and the hard place of life. The trick is presence. The secret is awareness. The key is curiosity. So presence, awareness, and curiosity. P-A-C. Presence, awareness, and curiosity. So listen for those three things as I tell you this sort of famous Zen parable. A man traveling across a field encountered a tiger. He fled, the tiger after him. Coming to a precipice, he caught hold of the root of a wild vine and swung himself over the edge. The tiger sniffed at him from above. Trembling, the man looked down to where, far below, Another tiger was waiting to eat him. <laughs> Only the vine sustained him. Two mice, one white, one black, little by little started to gnaw away the vine. The man saw a luscious strawberry near him. Grasping the vine with one hand, he plucked the strawberry with the other. How sweet it tasted. Presence, awareness, and curiosity. Um, I wanted to share this parable because I think, um, you know, as the theme of, of this uh, the show has been, it's structure and improvisation. But what do we structure our life around? And I think this idea of presence, awareness, and curiosity is a really nice suggestion. Um, how do we hear the beat of life? How do we listen to what's important out there in our lives? Well, we can follow this idea, P-A-C, presence, awareness, and curiosity, so pack. So uh, I want to invite everybody to make a pack, not a pact, a P-A-C, a pack, and uh, you know, allow yourself to use that structure of presence, awareness, and curiosity 
uh, perhaps as a way of beautifully listening to a jazzy life for yourself. Mm. Thank you, Satch. Thank you. Thank you. You're reminding me of something which I think is so important, and that is, what is listening at its core, if not a way of becoming very, very receptive, a way of emptying your cup and allowing whatever it is that is present in the moment to settle in, to be received. So right now, for example, my voice is vibrating through the room. And the tiny little nerves in the ears are detecting the change and the vibrations. And as it's received by the brain, the brain transforms it into electrical signals, which only the brain and the mind understand. And the mind takes those signals and interprets them based upon all the filters that you have. And it literally takes the vibrations of the words, which become concepts. And so the words become ideas, shapes, pictures, feelings, smells, memories, feelings within each moment. Just like the chair receives the weight of our body as we sit and we rest. It's passively receiving what is there. And as you listen and bring your awareness deeper and deeper, you might notice things that you didn't notice before. Perhaps the sound could sound a little more specific. It can have characteristics, qualities. It can remind you of things as you delve deeper, as you find associations, as you bring yourself into the moment, fully
writer. Well, that first song was called Benediction that was written by Martin. And he kind of designed that to uh, go right in with that in the, in the induction that Carlos gave us. So I like to think there's a certain music has a meditational aspect to it, a, a trance aspect. There's, some of it is you know, meditational, some of it is more of a trance. That one was kind of spiritual, almost religious <laughs> to me. <laughs> Anyway, we're going to finish the, this night off. This is, we're going to play one more song. And this is, I, I would say this is, this is a song that can put you in a trance. This is a, it's, a, it's an up-tempo thing. Uh, and, and as you may have experienced yourself in your life, certain up-tempo things just get you in a trance. So thank you all for coming out tonight and for participating in this unique event. Sorry. And um, this is called Poem. It's written by our voice player, Mark.
You've been listening to a special live edition of The Authenticity Show with your hosts, Carlos Casados and Satch Purcell. Very special thanks to our guests, Redshift, featuring Danny Hoffman on sax, Stu Goodis on guitar, Martin Torres on bass, and Tyler Walton on drums. If you want to find out more about Redshift, you can go to their website, which is redshiftmusicworks.com, or you can find them on Facebook, you know. The Authenticity Show is produced by Oliver Altine. That's me. Our theme music is composed by Oliver Altine. That's me too. Remember to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Android Market, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get your podcasts. And find us on Facebook and YouTube. You know. Anyway, thank you very much for listening, and I hope you have an authentic day. Thank you.